0: The Bible,
1: is shall in the
0: this is Getting to Know Your Bible, a program dedicated to the proclaiming of the good news of Jesus Christ.
1: Something that I've heard a lot of people talking about in recent days, actually over the last several months, is there needs to be a revival today. I've heard church members talk about it. I've heard preachers talk about it. I've even heard people talk about it that don't go to church. That there needs to be a spiritual revival that sweeps across the land today. We, we want to talk about that today. We're going to talk about this theme, A Little Reviving. Yeah, I'm Billy Lambert and I'm the speaker on Getting to Know Your Bible. And I want to welcome you today, especially if this is your first time to watch Getting to Know Your Bible. And we want to pause long enough to tell you about a free Bible Correspondence course that we offer. And I I repeat, it's free. In order that you might know more about the course and how you can receive it, let's pause for just a moment.
0: To help you in your study of the Bible, we want to send you this Bible Correspondence course. This course is non-denominational. It's based on the Bible. It's conducted by mail, and it's free. To receive this course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible, P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama, 36580. Or call toll-free 1-877-711-5214.
1: There are four important passages of Scripture that I'd like to read at this time. The first one is found in Psalms, the 85th chapter, and in verse number 6. Wilt thou not revive us again, that thy people may rejoice in thee? The the second passage of Scripture is found in the book of Habakkuk, chapter 3. And in verse number two, O Lord, I have heard thy speech and was afraid. O Lord, revive thy work in the midst of the years. In the midst of the years, make known. In wrath, remember mercy. Now the third place I want to read is in Psalms 138. And verse number seven. Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou wilt revive me. Now, the fourth place is found in the book of Ezra, the ninth chapter, and in verse number eight. And now, for a little space, grace hath been showed from the Lord our God leave us a remnant to escape and to give us a nail in his holy place that our God may lighten our eyes and give us a little reviving in our bondage. Some 450 years before the time of Christ God's people began to return from bondage and Ezra came back with some of the people and he found that the city was in ruins he learned that some of the people that had been left in the land and did not go into captivity had intermarried some of the people round about them, some heathen nations, and it broke his heart. And he fell down on his face. He rent his clothing. And he prayed this prayer. Oh, Lord, give us a little reviving in this place my prayer for our nation is that God will give us a little reviving my my prayer for the homes across America and across the world is that God would give us a little reviving my prayer for the church of our Lord is that he will give us a little reviving. The word revive means actually bring back to life. Why do we need a revival? Is there any reason that that we ought to be praying that prayer today? The Lord, please, Lord, please, Lord, give us a little reviving. But one of the reasons I'd suggest that, that we need it is, is, is we may not be as well off as we think we are. That, that was a problem with the Pharisees of Jesus' day. They, they thought they were well off, but they were not nearly as in good a spiritual shape as they thought Jesus referred to them in Matthew 23. As hypocrites that this was a problem with the church at Sardis the church in Sardis in Revelation 3 had a name that they were living that they were alive and yet they were dead that the church at Sardis was like an artificial flower it looked alive but it was dead that the church at Sardis was like a mannequin in a store window it looked alive, but there was no life there. The church at Sardis was like a what was a, like a petrified forest. It looks like it's alive. It looks like trees, but it's dead. There's no life there. And so, one of the reasons that we need a reviving is because we may be like that church at Sardis. That was their problem. They were not nearly as well off as they thought they were. That that was a problem with the church in Laodicea. While they said, We are rich and we are increased in goods and and we have need of nothing. That's a pretty arrogant statement, isn't it? We have need of nothing, not even the Lord. But the Lord said to them, I know your works. And I know that you're not hot and you're not cold. You're just lukewarm. They're just lukewarm. They were not nearly as well off as they thought. And the Lord said to them, as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice, I'll open the door and come in. We'll sup with him and he with me. You see, the Lord was standing on the outside of that church, knocking, wanting in. They were not nearly as well off as they thought. And sometimes that may be our case, that we're not as well off spiritually in the sight of God as we may think in our own minds that we are. Another reason we need a revival is because it's so easy to forget. Do you remember the day you became a Christian and how you felt on that day? Oh, you were so excited. And and you resolved that you were not going to miss a single service of the church. You were going to read your Bible. You were going to pray. You were going to talk to others about Jesus. But sometimes... What happens over a period of time is that zeal and that enthusiasm begins to wane. We forget. And sometimes we forget those things we ought to remember. Peter wrote in 2 Peter 1 and 9, He that lacketh these things is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten. That he was purged from his old sins. Sometimes we forget that the Lord really washed our sins away. And we forget what we're supposed to be doing. And sometimes we need a revival because we we become so involved in the material things of life. that, That it saps our spiritual vitality. Jeez, that's the reason Jesus said in Luke 12, 15, Take heed and beware of covetousness. For, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesses. We, we can become so involved in the things that we possess that we forget about the real, the, the real thing, the real deal. The Lord warned about that in 1 Timothy chapter 6 in verse 17. Charge them that are rich that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who gives us richly all things to enjoy. We just get involved in stuff sometimes. American people have a lot of material things. They have a lot of stuff. We have so much stuff that we have to rent storage buildings to put our stuff in. And then when we get that building filled up, we have to go rent another building to get our stuff in. I've often thought if you can put stuff in our storage building and forget about it for months on end that you don't really need all that stuff, but we just want to pile it up and stack it up and store it up. You see, there are lots of reasons we need a revival today. We, we need a spiritual revival, a getting back to God, and getting back in a right relationship with Him. In in order that you might be in a relationship with Him to begin with, you have to accept Jesus as being God's divine Son, the, the Son of the living God. In John 8, 24, Jesus said, Except that you believe that I am He, you'll die in your sins. We've got to believe in Jesus. If someone says, "Well, I believe in Jesus, Brother Lambert. I believe Jesus is a Son of Living God. I believe He's a Savior of the world." But to be saved, we must be willing to repent of our sins, because our Lord said in Luke 13 3 "I tell you, neighbor, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish." But in Matthew chapter 10, verses 32 and 33, we learn that it's not enough to believe. We need to be willing to let other people know about it. As a matter of fact, in Acts chapter 8, there was a man who was on his way home from Jerusalem. He had been to Jerusalem to worship. And, and he made a journey, some maybe a thousand-mile journey. And now he's talking to a man from Jerusalem from not from his homeland, but he's talking to Philip the Evangelist. And Philip preaches Jesus to this man. And then finally the man says, here's water, why can't I be baptized? And Philip said, if you believe you can, he said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Friends, the only thing that a preacher has a right to ask you before you're baptized is, do you believe that Jesus Christ Is a son of God. If he asks you, do you believe that God for Christ's sake has pardoned your sins, he's, folks, he's asked you the wrong question. That's not the question. The question is, do you believe that Jesus is a son of God? And then, as a penitent, confessing believer in Jesus, you're to be baptized for the remission of sins. That is, that our sins be forgiven. Look at Acts two thirty-eight. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, we need a revival. We need a revival today. But in order that you might be in a right relationship with God, you need to do, to repent of your sins. And to be baptized into Jesus as a believer in him. Someone says, well, Brother Lambert, you know, I've already done that. I did that 40 years ago. And I've been going to church now for all these years. And I put money in on Sunday morning. And and, 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 uh, I I, I partake of the Lord's Supper every Sunday. And I just think I'm all right. I believe that's how they felt in, at Sardis. They had all the, all the right forms, all the right things they were doing in their worship service. But Jesus said, you're just as dead as a graveyard. Dead, spiritually dead. That we might have a revival. Let me suggest this is what it will do for you. A revival will get you back into the Word of God. Do you read the Word of God on a regular basis? You say, well, I have one on the dashboard of my car. I'm asking you, do you read the Bible? You say, well, we've got one on the shelf in here on the coffee table, Brother Lambert, and we've got all kinds of pictures and newspaper clippings in there that we've collected over the years. I'm asking, do you study the Bible? Are you reading your Bible? In Acts chapter 17 and verse 11, we read about real nobility. These were more noble than those of Thessalonica, in that they received the word with with all meekness, with with all readiness, and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. Here, are people that that search to see whether or not they are being taught the truth. Are you searching the scriptures? The Bible says in John 5, 39, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have life, and they are, are they which testify of me. I think in that passage, these were people that were searching the scriptures, they had the Old Testament scriptures, and Jesus was letting them know, it because you've been searching the scriptures, you ought to know who I am. But they did not confess him, and they rejected him, and they would not come to him, verse 40. But we need to be searching the scriptures today. Are you studying the Bible? When we study the Bible, there are a lot of facts that we learn. We learn that the Bible is powerful. It is the most powerful force there is. Hebrews chapter 4 and verse 12 says, For the word of God is quick and powerful, living and powerful, and sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the dividing of the soul and spirit of the joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, when you really read the Bible, and if we're not right with God, it kind of makes us uncomfortable, doesn't it? It makes us uncomfortable. That's the reason we need a revival today. We need to get back into the Word of God. The church needs to start reading the Bible again. Don't just take some man's word for it. We go and we sit and we listen to the preacher and we think, oh, he has to be right because he has a Bible in his hand. And But he may be telling you things that is just his opinion. You need to be searching the Bible. I want to challenge you to become a daily student of the Bible. You may be sitting there in your den and you you may be able to see your Bible over there on a shelf somewhere or you may be able to see it on the coffee table in front of you or you may even have the Bible by your armchair or or, or you may be in the kitchen and there might even be a copy of the Bible on the kitchen table but are you reading the Bible are you studying the Bible and I want to speak to parents for just a moment because I think this is the most important thing you'll ever do for your children is to make sure that your children are taught the word of God at an early age. In Deuteronomy, the sixth chapter, Moses said, beginning in verse four, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and and thou shalt worship, and, and, and thou shalt love, rather, thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all of thy heart, with all of thy soul, and with all of thy mind. Listen to him now. And the word which I commanded you, shall be in your heart, and you shall teach it diligently unto your children. We need to teach the word of God to our children. We wonder sometimes what, what, what's wrong with some of our children today. Well, there are a lot of good children now. There are a lot of good children today. Don't misunderstand me. But there are some that are not disciplined. There are some that are unruly. There are some that have no moral standard and no moral values. And because someone failed them, fathers failed them, mothers failed them, some grandparents failed them, to make sure that they knew about the Bible, the Word of God. A revival not only will get us back into the Bible, a Bible will make us what Christ wants us to be. Well, what does he want us to be? He wants us to be like him. He wants us to follow in his steps. 1 Peter 2 and 21. Here, but here unto were you called because Christ also suffered for us that we should follow in his steps. But, and 1 John chapter 2 and verse 8 says that, that we are to, to be like him. We're to serve Him and to be like Jesus Christ every day of our lives. Now, if we're like Christ, how how are we going to be? Somebody says, well, I think your love is the first thing that comes to my mind. Jesus was a loving man. He had so much love in His heart that He died for us. Uh, John 15 and verse 13 tells us that, doesn't it? That... Greater love hath no man than this, that a man lay down his life for his friends. But now if you were to find one word that summarizes the way Jesus was, summarizes his life, summarizes the tenor and the tone of his ministry, summarizes how we ought to live today, what word would that be? And I believe that one word is the word compassion someone said there's not much compassion today some even have leveled the charge against the churches by saying that there's not as much compassion in the church today as there ought to be I'm not here to, to cast stones I'm here to help us understand what it means to be like Jesus and we need to be compassionate people he, was a, he, he showed compassion to people that were wandering about as sheep without a shepherd in Matthew chapter 9 and verse number 36. Jesus showed compassion to the outcast. Jesus showed compassion to the poor. He showed compassion to the sick. He showed compassion to the hungry. But most of all, Jesus showed his compassion for the whole world. When he went to the cross of Calvary, and he died for all humanity on that cross. He, he he gave his life because of his compassion for the world. Folks, we need to be more compassionate with one another. We need to show it in the home, first of all. We need to be compassionate fathers. I had a father to come forward in a revival where I was pre- preaching, and he And he told the preacher there, he said, I've not shown compassion in my family. And he asked us to pray for him that he would be a more compassionate father. You see, he had just lost a child who drowned, 19-year-old boy drowned, trying to swim across the river, but he didn't make it. But he also had a son who was in jail then because he had broken into a drugstore and he had stolen drugs out of that pharmacy. And he said, I don't know what to do. I said, where is your son uh, that, that's broke into the pharmacy? He said, he's in jail. I said, thank God, you know right where he is. And I said, you have the opportunity to redeem the time when he gets out. You have the opportunity to show compassion to him. And you show it to your family, all your family. That means your wife as well. Oh, compassion. Compassion. You see, a revival will help us to be more like the Lord Jesus Christ. And a compassion is going to make us more spiritual in our living. And the the, the, the thing I've, I am convinced that shows the depth of our spirituality is our prayer life. How's your prayer life? Do you pray every day? Do you just pray when you're in trouble? Just pray when you have your back up against the wall? Just pray in the hospital when you think you're going to die of COVID? How's your prayer life? Our lives ought to be lived with a prayer on our lips. 1 Thessalonians 5, 17 says, pray without ceasing. That doesn't mean that we are praying every minute of the day. It means that our lives are, are to be attuned to the habit of prayer. Ask, and you will see. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you. You see, we need to have that kind of a prayer life. We ought to be praying for each other. Confess your faults one to another and pray you one for another that you may be healed. The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. There's power in prayer. It was the late J. Edgar Hoover who said, The spectacle of a nation on its knees Is more powerful than in the explosion of atomic bomb. Well I suppose if he were alive today he would say nuclear but there's power in prayer and when we are we that will bring revival we need to start on our knees. I want to thank you for watching today. It's been a pleasure to be with you and May I give you a personal invitation to visit the Church of Christ in your community. And right now, I want you to pick up the telephone. And I want you to call for the free Bible correspondence course. We have hundreds and hundreds of people that do that. Actually, literally up into the thousands that have done it over the years. Many, many thousands. And we want you to be that one, that next one that cause, or you can take it online. Many people do that as well. I want to thank you for watching today. Thank you, may God bless you. Till we meet again, is my prayer.
0: Getting to Know Your Bible has been presented by Churches of Christ. If you have a question about the church, or if you would like the location of a Church of Christ near you, or to receive the free Bible course, write to Getting to Know Your Bible. P.O. Box 314, Summerdale, Alabama 36580. Or call 1 877 711 5214. Join us next time for Getting to Know Your Bible.